0: Welcome to the Mile High Flight Show, where a Jets fan and a Broncos fan get together to talk about the NFL and other sports. I'm your host, Ryan Marinholtz alongside Enrique Cisneros. Let's get into this. There's a ton going on in the last week uh, in the NFL with free agency, some trades going on, and uh, I'm so excited to get into it. How about you, Enrique?
1: Uh, yeah, to say the least. I mean, I think we started off a little bit last week uh, talking about it, but yeah, this week we'll definitely get the, the full details, the full dive, especially, uh, especially with some of these bigger moves. I'm super excited for it.
0: For sure, for sure. So I say let's go ahead and start off doing a deep dive on the AFC West and some of the big moves that happened. Uh, both this past week, some things we touched on a little bit last week, and we're going to go a little bit deeper into this time. Um, so we can start with the Chiefs and some of the moves that they've made. The biggest one... Obviously Tyreek Hill traded to the Miami Dolphins for a 2022 first round pick, second and a fourth, and then in 2023 another fourth and a sixth. And then after he got to Miami, he received an extension for 4 years, 120 million dollars with 72.2 guaranteed. And uh little note on that, the last year of that four is not guaranteed whatsoever. So it's closer to like a 375 with that 72.2 being guaranteed. Um, So it's technically, as we'll get into with Devontae Adams, he wanted to be paid the most as a wide receiver, and it's just barely above Devontae Adams, but it looks way bigger than it actually is. Um, And then to replace Tyreek Hill, more or less, they signed Juju Smith-Schuster, on a one year, $10.75 million deal. And then Marquez Valdez Scantling, uh,
1: for three thirty. So
0: how are you feeling about those
1: moves? Um, so obviously the big name one is the Tyreek Hill move. Um, and as a Jets fan who was in the running, apparently to get Tyreek Hill, um, I'm a little bittersweet about it. Um, I think for Tyreek, it's a bad move. And we'll talk about that um, a little bit later. But as far as for the Chiefs, I think it's a great move. Like, you're already a Super Bowl contender every single year. And you were able to not only get rid of uh, Tyreek Hill and get a King's ransom for him. I mean, the Dolphins gave up so much stuff for Tyreek Hill. Like, we got the 2022 first and second. And fourth, is that all 2022? The first, second, and the fourth? Yep. That's crazy. And then a fourth and a sixth. And then they had to pay him as well. The Dolphins had to pay him. So the Chiefs were going to end up having to pay him. And I think, like you said, the Devontae Adams thing kind of started all this. Um, and the Chiefs said, yeah, we we don't want to pay you all that. And it makes sense. They're trying to build for the future going forward. And, I mean, they they did that. They did that. Where a lot of these other contending teams um, are kind of taking this Rams approach to, you know, fuck them picks, like get get rid of them all. Let's load up now and try to get our run, um, which another AFC West team is doing. Um, yeah, the, the, the Chiefs have decided like, hey, let's be smart about this. And then, yeah, they go and get uh, Juju. Um, I like Juju a little bit less than I like MVS, um, but I think that Juju has a higher ceiling, um, if I'm being honest with you. I think if Juju comes back in the way that I've seen him play uh, out in Pittsburgh, I think Juju could be an easy number one for this team. Um, I think MVS is going to continue to be what MVS is, super solid – You know, second to third option in that passing game. And I mean, obviously, when you go from Aaron Rodgers to Patrick Mahomes, you know, you're living good regardless. Um, Yeah, I mean, I I think the Chiefs really did their thing with their wide receivers. I think they were able to get a bunch of picks for the future. Uh, not have to pay Tyreek Hill and they got two guys that, you know, can come in and pretty much do Tyreek Hill's job uh, for less money uh, and they got more out of it. And they still have Travis Kelsey. So, and in my opinion, Travis Kelsey was um, kind of the one a option for Patrick Mahomes anyways. Um, And and I think Tyreek Hill was that one B so, and I think we'll see that more in the offense as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree with a lot of what you just said. And I I do think uh, when it first came out, there was a lot of, you know, everybody else in the AFC West was celebrating and they're like, yes, they got rid of Tyreek Hill. You know uh, these moves do definitely soften that blow in terms of the void he's leaving on the field. Um, Another little move they signed uh, actually just this morning on Saturday was Ronald Jones on a one-year deal Um, And it it just points to uh, the whole offense, obviously, with Tyreek Hill being gone now, they're going to have to shift around what their identity is. Uh, A lot of what they did was tied around Tyreek Hill and his deep shots and being so fast. Um, But then in the last couple of years, he's, you know, uh, shifted to having that, uh, you know, threat always be there. But defensive uh, defenses have started to play a lot more uh, two or cover two with two safeties in the back and taken away those deep shots from him. So he's had to turn into a little bit more of a possession and a yard after catch receiver. And uh, it's been interesting to see his growth. So it'll, I think, people are almost underrating Tyree Kill in a sense uh, when they're saying the Chiefs made it out like really good on this trade. But I do think that with the pickups of Juju and Marquez Valdez-Scantling, they can replace a couple of the uh, things that he did. MVS has that speed and get over the top. And Juju, like you said, is going to be a good uh, first receiver for him and uh, make some possession catches and, and kind of fill in the, uh, the role that Tyreek Hill was the last couple of years more. Um, and then Ronald Jones, uh, you know, it gives you that one-two punch, uh, like we talked about off the air with uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire already being there, Um, you know, gives you a couple of different options in the backfield there. So it's an interesting move because some people will say, yes, the Chiefs got weaker. Some people will say, well, actually, it's not as bad because of what they've gotten here. And then also the amount of cap space just in general that Tyreek Hill was requesting. Uh, And you look at the fact that he's making now 24 to $25 million a year that gives a lot of the chiefs a lot more flexibility to fix that defense. That doesn't look so great right now. You know what I mean? Uh, And it'll be interesting to see what they do with that. It's definitely a uh, fork in the road for the chiefs. I would say one of those moments where like, when you look at the dynasty with uh, Patrick Mahomes, this could be a moment where things go a little bit downhill and Patrick Mahomes is still Patrick Mahomes. So he's probably still going to be really good regardless. You know what I mean? But or it could be a point where they just continue on their path and you realize, oh, Tyreek Hill wasn't as big of a role a in that as we
1: thought. So it'll be interesting and, for sure. And let me say this. Um, the biggest thing that I think make makes me feel that the Chiefs are the winner on this is um, MVS. If, if they didn't get MVS and we were just looking at this pretty much like Tyreek versus Juju, uh, yeah, I think the Dolphins, even though the Dolphins had to get rid of all those picks, I still think the Dolphins and because you never know how those draft picks are going to work out, you know what I mean? So, yeah. you have Juju versus Tyreek, and obviously, Tyreek is you know, he's top three wide receiver in the NFL, top five for sure. Um, so if you're looking at it just from Juju versus Tyreek, and they did not get MVS. I think it's a bad, bad move for the chiefs, but the fact that they somehow got MVS and I mean, it's not, like I said, it's not hard to convince somebody to go play with Patrick Mahomes, especially when he just got done playing with Aaron Rodgers. Right. So yeah, that MVS thing, um, because he, he was one of my, one of my underrated guys that um, I, uh, I was really looking at for the jets themselves to sign because I always liked what he did out in green Bay um, Aaron Rodgers very much trusted him and when you have you know back-to-back MVP so willing to trust you in clutch situations I uh, I like that a lot so yeah Absolutely. I think that's the I think that's the one that put me over for um and then Rojo like you said Rojo's nice too um, it's going to give him a bit more of that road grader um, and yeah I think that's exactly I think you touched on it perfectly. It's really going to see where the chiefs are going to go and how they're going to build this offense. And I think, uh, yeah, I, I think it's going to be fireworks for sure. That's
0: where I'm at too. And so to move on to another team in the AFC West, uh, let's go ahead and talk about the Raiders. Unfortunately, uh, the biggest <laughs> move from them, obviously, Devonte Adams traded to the Raiders from the green Bay Packers for a 2022 first and second round pick. And after that, he received a five-year, $140 million deal that is actually going to be closer to, in terms of his guaranteed money and everything, three years and 67, and that puts him around $23 million a year. So the reason why that's important we brought up those details with Tyreek Hill's contract earlier. A sticking point for Tyreek Hill when he uh, received or when his uh, agent received permission to seek a trade from those chiefs was that he wanted money uh, or more money than Devonta Adams got. Um, and uh, at first, when you look at that five year, one hundred and forty million dollar deal, it looks like twenty eight million a year. Uh, but then when you actually look at the details of it and what he is most most likely actually going to receive out of it that's where you get that uh, 23 million a year and how Tyreek Hill just eked above him at 24 right. to 25 with that dolphin steel. Um, so a, an interesting situation there. You can clearly tell Tyreek Hill was very interested in just having his name above Devonte Adams there. So yeah. Uh, a couple more moves that the Raiders made Yannick and traded to the Colts for Rocky sin, a quarterback. Uh, I believe he's in his second or third year, a solid player and a cornerback, definitely a position of need for the Raiders. So that was a big one. Uh, how do you feel about these Raiders moves?
1: Um, I feel I mean, obviously the big one, Devante, um, I think him pairing up with Derek Carr again you know, shout out to their college days together. Um, if I'm being honest with you, I thought it made too much sense. Like when it was first talked about, I was like, ah, uh, I don't know that, that that makes too much sense to give the Raiders, you know, this big number one wide receiver coming off, yeah. you know, and like Devonte Adams. And I've been, I feel kind of bad because I have been like holding back on my praise for, uh, for Devonte Adams for the last few years. Cause I'm such a big Deandre Hop- Hopkins guy. Uh Devontae Adams might have been the best wide receiver in the NFL. And when you're able to acquire such a player, it, you got to do whatever you can. And I think the, I think the contract's very fair. And I mean, I think that it did reset the wide receiver market. I think the contract's fair for the type of player Devontae is the type of man Devontae is um, even more so because you're not only getting a great player on the field, you're getting getting a great man off the field. And um, I think Devontae Adams is a stand-up guy. I think he deserves the bag for sure. I think he deserves to go uh, play in Las Vegas. You know, nice uh, weather all the time because, yeah, Green Bay. Green Bay uh, is known for uh, a few things, and, you know, they call that field the frozen tundra for a reason. So uh, all in all, I I like it a lot for Devontae. Um, I think the thing that I would really like to see the Raiders do is uh, take care of that defense a little bit more. I didn't like that they traded uh, Ngakwe. I did not like, like – I'm, I'm still really high on uh, Yannick, especially from his days down in Jacksonville. Um, and I know he's been floating around the NFL a little bit, but I really thought, you know, with some consistency and then adding Chandler Jones um, to that pass rush with uh, Max Crosby. Uh, Absolutely. I thought, I, I thought that was really going to be a good move for the Raiders. That would give them that three-headed monster and their pass rush – um, and Yannick has a different sort of pass rush than the other two do, you know, Chandler Jones is kind of in that Von Miller mode of, you know, very fluid speed rusher, um, you know, and Yannick has a lot of power. Max Crosby is kind of that in-betweener type of guy. Um, uh, yeah. so I, I really didn't like that, but I do think that Rocky is a baller, um, and corner is a, I mean, especially after, um, cause wasn't there, first round pick that got arrested for the gun. What is it? Uh, what was his last name? Uh,
0: I, I, there's been so many that have been arrested. I can't remember which one it was. Uh,
1: <laughs> it is, I believe Damon Arnett. Yes, exactly. Um, you know, he was their first round pick that they, uh, they had a corner uh, that he was a corner for them. Um, so they had to get rid of him. So I do understand. Um, and I just hope that, you know, going forward, especially as we get closer to the draft that the Raiders, uh, they take they take a good look on that de- defensive side of the ball because obviously I think corner is a big need for them. Um, and I don't have the Raiders uh, roster in front of me right now, but um, I don't think their safety. Uh, what is it, Jonathan Abraham? I don't think I don't think, uh, I don't think uh, he's Abraham, been on the yeah. field. Yeah, I don't think he's been on the field very much um, in his time there. Um, so you might have to be looking at you know s- some new safety guys. It. it all in all, I, I love the Devante move, but the 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 Ngakwe move has got me questioning a few things because I really thought that was going to be like I think the best pass rush right now in the AFC West um, belongs to the LA Chargers. But yeah. if if they would have kept Ngakwe, I might have had to give it to the Raiders because that's the one thing the Chargers don't have is they don't have that um, that third guy outside of Bosa and Mac. In yeah, my opinion, that can still get after, that can still get after the uh, the quarterback.
0: I agree, I agree. And then you you brought up the Chandler Jones move that was for three years, fifty one million dollars. That was also a good signing, and it, it does you know, like you said, when initially that move happened, you're like, oh wow, that line. Uh, but then with Ngakwe leaving, it doesn't look quite as good but I'd still expect the Raiders to have a really solid pass rush as they did even without Chandler Jones and Max Crosby lighting it up last year. Um, So it'll be interesting to see there. Um, And then an interesting thing about the Devontae Adams deal uh, in comparison to Tyreek Hill as well is just what was given up. Uh, You look at Devontae Adams, which we would both agree is right now, at least the first or the best wide receiver in the league and he was given up for a first and a second round pick, um, which, you know, when we saw that initially, before the Tyreek Hill uh, move happened, there was obviously a debate about the value of that trade, and I think that everybody would kind of agree that maybe you could get a little bit more for Devontae Adams on paper, but because of the extension, he was going to have to receive the... um, What was given up was less than what you would maybe think. However, in Tyreek Hill's case... I mean, you're looking at five different picks and compared to two. And, you know, Tyreek Hill's includes a first and second, just like the Devonta Adams deal as well. It's such mm-hmm. a different amount of compensation. I mean, the Miami Dolphins certainly got to be happy that they have Tyreek Hill. But when you look at those two deals next to each other, and then the fact you're paying uh, Hill more than Devonta Adams, yeesh.
1: Yeah, no, and that's uh, that's that, that, that's such an awesome point that you brought up. It really is. And let me just say this because I know it came down between the Dolphins and the Jets in regards to who is going to uh, trade for uh, Tyreek. Uh, the Jets didn't offer a first-round pick.
0: Yeah, I saw We I
1: saw we, we We didn't offer a first-round pick. I think we offered uh, them our two seconds and our third. So mm-hmm. – you know, is, and the chiefs accepted that to my knowledge, the chiefs accepted that it came down to the team that Tyreek Hill decided right. that he wanted to play for. And, you know, obviously he chose the dolphins. Um, but that goes to show right now, exactly to your point, like, you know, at the end of the year, when you look at the two guys and you look at the two teams, are you thinking that Tyreek Hill is going to have a bigger impact than Devonte Adams is? I don't, I don't think that's going to be the case, Yeah, personally. I don't think that's yeah. going to be the case. I just don't.
0: I, I agree with you. And especially, you know, we can talk about it all day. I, I'm a fan of Tua. I do like him. But I acknowledge that he is not the best deep ball thrower and doesn't have the large storm in the NFL. And that may hold Tyreek Hill back. You know what I mean? And so we look at his production with uh, Pat Mahomes. He's downgrading at quarterback because there's no – debate about that you know to what extent maybe but it's right. definitely some sort of a downgrade and yes Devonte adams is downgrading too but Derek carr uh is certainly a uh much more established and proven quarterback in this league than two is and has obviously because you have the chemistry uh with him and Devonte adams you know that's going to work you know what i mean uh so yeah, that's they, even more of a value yeah, they, and they have that, that pre-built uh, relationship that y- you just plug them in and that is probably going to be a very good move for them. Um, but it, definitely interesting to see how it plays out in Miami um, and whether Tyreek Hill lives up to the cost. Um, and so I, from there, we can move on to uh, just some of the bigger free agency moves. Uh, being a Denver Broncos fan, huge one for me uh Von Miller going to the Buffalo Bills for a 6 year 120 million dollar contract. Good Lord. I am glad to see my boy get a bag. I was a little sad to initially, you know, not see him come back to the Broncos after winning a super bowl with the Rams. I thought that would have been a cool storyline. Um uh, but it sounded like it was to down two. to Yeah. Uh and it sounded like Von he was down to that. him and uh the Rams and he ended up going to the Bills. Uh, and it, that definitely makes the Bills uh, even scarier as a, an already scary contender.
1: The thing that's very strange is, like, the Bills came out of nowhere for Vaughn, and I know we probably should have talked about Vaughn last week, but um, I totally overlooked it because yeah, the Bills really the Bills really came out of nowhere for Vaughn. Like, they literally came out of nowhere. I had no idea. I had no sort of inkling. Um, usually I could kind of, like, started seeing like, oh, yeah, well, maybe maybe this little sleeper team will come after him. I just literally thought it was between the Rams and the Broncos because especially after the Russell Wilson uh, news happened, yeah. um, I was like, oh, yeah, like, now Vaughn's pretty much choosing between the AFC and the NFC in regards to which Super Bowl contender he wants to go and try to ride with. Vaughn right. um, said, psych, I'm going to go to the Bills. And then also, uh, how do I feel about this money, though? Like, what is uh, – w- What's Buffalo thinking in regards to the six year 120? Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's a lot of money for, and don't get me wrong, Vaughn's a Hall of Famer. He's, he is the goat of pass rushers here in Denver. Um, but, um, yeah, I think that's a lot of money for an older guy.
0: Absolutely. It
1: is. It's a heck of a contract,
0: uh, for a guy who I believe is thir- turning 32 uh, this year. Yeah. And, he- that was an instant indicator of, or to me, when that happened as to why the Broncos didn't end up signing him, uh, is because clearly Vaughn was. I mean, obviously, he's on a contender. And so it's hard to say his only um, intention was to get paid as much as possible. But considering what kind of contract that is uh, for his age, it was very clear he was seeking a bag and he got a bag. Um, but the Broncos were not going to be able to give him that large of a bag or anywhere near it realistically speaking, um, without you know neglecting some other needs on the roster and not probably not picking up a lot of the players that we have already picked up on in free agency here uh, just due to lack of cap space at that point. So that's when you see Randy Gregory earning, I believe uh, closer to like 13, 14 million a year. Um, and you're like, okay, I, I see why he didn't go back. Uh, so it's, it softens the sting as a Broncos fan, maybe a little bit there. Um, and I'm just glad to see him get his money. But yeah, like you said, that is, it's a questionable contract by the bills, but if it means you get Vaughn Miller, even if it's just for a year to go win the Super Bowl, you know, in the end, does it matter?
1: Yeah. Plus shout out Josh Allen. Cause I, I just read a, an article with a, uh, Vaughn saying uh, a big reason why he decided to go up there was because of Josh Allen and shout out Josh Allen uh, because he went to the university of Wyoming. So gotta, gotta shout out my second home in Wyoming there.
0: There you go. There you go. Yeah, no, he's, and he has shown himself to be one of the elite quarterbacks in this league. Now, you know, the instant thing you point to is that chiefs game um, and the way that he and Patrick Mahomes traded blows you know, right then you, I mean, you could tell before that, but for me, that was his coming out party of saying, I'm not just Um, really good. I'm Patrick Mahomes. Good.
1: Yeah. Nationally. Yeah. That was, yeah. That was his coming out party nationally. Like, cause you're right. We've seen him be really good. We've seen him. And if you watch football, uh, you know, you know about Josh Allen for sure. But when, when you have all the lights on you and it's yeah, it's, it's to go forward um yeah he really did his thing and if only if only he had one more shot if only he had one more shot
0: well they're talking about that with the rule changes Uh, i think that's going on this week right now is uh that might get uh some uh, we might get some new overtime rules and potentially you know one more chance for a team like the bills to get a chance in overtime uh so some other moves here uh, a big one: Alan Robinson signing with the Rams on a three-year, forty-six point five million dollar deal with thirty point seven guaranteed. Yeah, like you said, huge. And, huge. Well, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Oh, uh, uh, this, this to me, this might be the best free agency move. Like yeah. straight up, straight up. Uh, Allen Robinson has been criminally underrated his whole yes. career and even more so like he's been he's been a number one receiver to a bunch of terrible quarterbacks and yes. I don't want to say terrible quarterbacks because I'm definitely not an NFL quarterback Um, but these guys comparison to who he's playing with now terrible quarterbacks terrible quarterbacks. Right. And I didn't think the Rams were going to be able to do something like this, dude. They just won the bowl. They just lost Von Miller. You know, like I thought it was going to be OBJ coming back, you know, just kind of pick up the pieces again. Kind of like we've seen Super Bowl contenders do before. Just let's go get our own guys back. That's what Tampa Bay did last year. Um, Get our own guys back. And let's just, R- rerun the same same roster pretty much um you know minus a f- few hitting a uh, few hit and miss guys um uh, every year but now nah, the Rams said no we're gonna go straight up and go get another number one receiver to go with the best receiver in the nfl i mean like i, I guess wh- phys- uh physically wise and everything else I got to go with Devontae, but then how do you not say Cooper Cup's not the best wide receiver in the NFL when he literally was the best wide receiver last year? So Yeah, they're um, neck and neck for sure. Exactly, and so you have Allen Robinson lining up uh, on the other side of that. I just, yeah, I mean, sometimes I think it's really unfair how in the NFL the rich get richer, but the Rams – they knocked this one out of the park. They knocked this one out of the park. And Allen Robinson finally gets to go play with a good quarterback. Finally gets a, a place to call home for a little bit. I know he was in Chicago for a little while, but now he can go to LA. It's the same thing as Devontae. Now you can go to LA, like you're with the stars, you're playing in that new field. You guys just want to bowl. All the hypes around you, you guys own LA now. Like, yeah. yeah. And now and now you're a big part of that offense. So, yeah, I I expect huge things from Allen Robinson. I'm so glad he got the bag. So glad he's playing with Stafford now. Yeah, good good for everybody.
0: I agree. Yeah, same here. And like you said, he is going to be a huge part of that offense, partially because uh, they also traded Robert Woods to the Tennessee Titans for a 2023 sixth-round pick. And, you know, when you look at that uh, Rams wide receiver room, obviously you're not complaining about Cooper Cup and – uh Alan Robinson sitting there, but having Robert Robert Woods in that locker room, I felt like still would have been a really solid number three. And you see the injuries that they went through last year. You know, not only losing Robert Woods during the season and having OBJ step up, but then losing OBJ in the Super Bowl and taking right. an offensive hit there. Um, that'll be interesting uh, to see with them also letting OBJ OBJ go. Uh, what kind of depth? Uh, that they have, you know what I mean? And shows up and what happens if an Allen Robinson or a Cooper cup, God forbid, God forbid gets injured. You know what I mean? So that'll be interesting to see, but again, hard to complain about Cooper cup and Allen Robinson being your number one and your number two.
1: Yeah, I I do agree. I I thought, um, I almost like get flashbacks to the Yannick and Gawkway move with the Raiders. Like when you have Allen Robinson alan robinson uh cooper cup and robert woods like whoa that's really really nice like let's just hang on to that but now you just got the two it's still really nice but that third option is always nice um and i like if if you could have got away with it because it's not like they've signed anyone else it's not like they've made any like any more big moves so like if you could have gotten away with keeping Robert Woods, why not keep Robert Woods? Like you got a six round pick for him. Like, why not? Why? Like I, I could see if the Titans offered a third round pick or even a fourth, you got a sixth round pick for Robert Woods. Yeah. Um, why not just hang on to him? Like, why not just hang on to him? Just that one's a little scratchy for me, but um, I mean, and I, and contrary to like the other two guys, like uh, and uh, Allen. um, yeah, poor Robert Woods has got to go play with Ryan Tannehill now. Like, you know, Ryan Tannehill was in the AFCs for a long time. And uh, I know he revamped his career down there in Tennessee, but um, didn't revamp it that much. Yeah,
0: no, for sure. Uh, and then so some other big moves here. Uh, Bengals making big moves to shore up the line so that Joe Burrow doesn't die in the next couple years here. Uh, signing Lael Collins to – a $3 million, or I'm sorry, three-year, $30 million uh, contract. And to be honest with you, it's a lot less than I thought he was going to sign for, $10 million Mm -hmm. a year for a really solid tackle. Uh, That's a good value for the Bengals, along with some of the other offensive linemen that they signed, uh, Alex Kappa, and then um, one other guy, unfortunately, I'm forgetting the name of. But uh, definitely now trying to uh, fortify that line that, got a uh, Joe Burrow eaten up at the Super Bowl last year.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. Love it. This is, this is all they needed to do. This is all they needed to do. Go, go and fix that offensive line. Don't get yeah. my boy killed no more. Just exactly. Just, just go, go fix it guys. And they've done it. And exactly. I, I, I agree. I thought Collins was going to take a lot more money, a lot more, especially when, cause the Cowboys kind of like suddenly released him. Yeah. Um, Oh yeah. I thought it was going to be a lot more money for sure. I, yeah, I thought he was going to be signed somewhere closer to the Armstead deal. Maybe a a bit more, a bit less than the Armstead deal, but I thought it was going to be a five year, you know, 60 mil deal. So the fact that uh, the Bengals got him and even more so, I heard he texted Joe Burrow right away and said, yo, your new bodyguards in town, ain't no one touching you. Like, that's that's the mentality that the Bengals and joe Burrow already have on some of their free agents and i love it i love the Bengals. yeah yeah if i wasn't a jets fan i swear i'd probably be a Bengals fan right now
0: right yeah it's certainly a fun time to be a Bengals fan you know and i they got a bright future ahead of them after already showing up to a super bowl last year so uh, that'll be a team to watch for sure uh so another big trade uh one that not everybody necessarily saw coming, maybe eventually, but not as quick as it folded out. Uh, Matt Ryan traded over to the Colts for a third-round pick, and that results in the Falcons taking on a $40.5 million dead cap hit this next upcoming year, uh, which is the largest in NFL history. So uh, Falcons finally moving on from Matt Ryan, but you got to wonder – how much of that was uh, because of them talking or in so far into talks with Deshaun Watson and then losing out on them uh, you know, kind of the situation people were talking about initially with the Browns, how um, Baker's like WTF when they're talking to Deshaun and then they, we thought they were out on it. Uh, they ended up getting them. And now the Falcons are in that situation where Matt Ryan, you know, I, Probably their most successful. Well, yeah, he brought them to Super Bowl. So their most successful uh, franchise quarterback of all time, even over yeah. Michael Vick and oh, yeah. the, the way sure. he went out is certainly a little bit cringeworthy. I'm sure for Falcons fans uh, after him doing so many good things for that franchise, but uh, onto a new start with the Colts and onto a really talented roster that has just been waiting for above average quarterback play since Andrew Luck retired suddenly. And all of a sudden the Colts are a real contender.
1: Yeah. I think this is uh this is huge. This is, I didn't see this coming literally at all. I don't know why I didn't see this coming. I thought the Colts were thinking more so like uh, personally, I thought Baker, uh, yeah. I, I thought it was, I thought it was going to be Baker. Um, our even, I don't know, like a Marcus Mariota, like uh, just a uh, you know a guy to get him through the year, and then let's go see if we can draft somebody and uh, you know give hand the keys to a rookie and see if he could drive the Ferrari. But mm-hmm. uh, no, they they killed this. Um, In I mean, yeah, this is a this is a Atlanta Falcons thing. They just I don't know what it is. They like I don't know what it is. They just literally do not care. Like it, I, I don't know how you can treat you're like, this is the John Elway of your franchise. Pretty much. This is, you know, the most important quarterback you guys have ever had. Um, And you guys just let him go out like that. Let him go out thinking that, you know, he's going to be replaced by Deshaun Watson who, um, you know, I mean, there's a lot of outside things going on with Deshaun Watson. So I I could understand why someone would get offended um, even not even for their job, but I could see why someone would get offended about, um, being replaced by deshaun watson so yeah yeah i I think all in all good for matt good for his family definitely good for the colts because yeah i think they're going to take off um it's really really hard like the AFC, the afc in general is bonkers it is a like you said it's a bloodbath it is nuts out there in the afc right now especially with this move i don't know um i mean they got darius leonard uh Defensive MVP or defensive player of the year candidate. You got, uh, I mean, Quentin Nelson on the offensive line. Tell me Matt Ryan's not going to love that offensive line. Matt Ryan is going to have so much Matt Ryan might be the MVP next year, dude. Like I'm not even, I'm not even trying, I'm not even trying to sound crazy right now, but if they're able to maybe draft a wide receiver, um, you know, get him, get him someone else to throw the ball to, um, Maybe Julio comes. I don't know. Still a free agent. Maybe. Maybe. I'm just saying Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan's going to look pretty nice in that blue and white next year.
0: I think so too. I think so too. And so for the Falcons uh, to replace Matt Ryan this upcoming season, uh, you actually mentioned I'm talking about the Colts. Marcus Mariota signs to the Falcons for a two year, $18.75 million deal And uh, this is a prove-it deal for him, Uh, just like Mitchell Trubisky over in – or with the Steelers now. uh, You know, this is a deal for him to come in and show everybody whether the talent that got him drafted in the first round in 2017 is still worth it or not, you know. Second overall.
1: Second overall. Second overall.
0: It's crazy. And Marcus Mariota has not been the worst quarterback in the world. He's got a lot of physical gifts you know, and he's made plays, he's taken teams to the playoffs. And I think he won against the chiefs. Uh, I think it was Prima Holmes, Alex Smith. And uh, I want to say 2017 or 2018, he won that game, but uh, you know, flamed out with the Titans uh, went over to the Raiders for a couple of years and now getting a chance with the Falcons to prove himself and see if he can be a starting quarterback in the league or if he's going to fade out. Um, and then interestingly, uh, a fellow 2017 first round draftee, Jameis Winston uh, re-signs with the Saints on a two year 28 million dollar 21 million dollar guaranteed deal, and uh, that's another proven deal for him. Saints were also in on Deshaun Watson. They didn't get him. They fall back to Jameis Winston, but you know that's not the worst fallback option. Um, he Jameis Winston has shown. Uh, I think what he had that thirty touchdown, thirty interception year, where he threw <laughs> yeah. five thousand yards, and it's like, if you can just clean up those interceptions, even get it to like thirty touchdowns to fifteen, get that two to one ratio, like that's acceptable quarterback play. You know what I mean? And that that could get a team somewhere if they're stacked enough, like the Saints roster still is post Drew Brees. So. It'll be interesting to see if he can stay healthy for a season and lead the Saints anywhere with their new head coach as
1: well. You know what's so weird to me about the Mariota and Winston thing is Winston went number one overall that year. Mariota went second overall. And now they're both in the South, and they're both flamed out from their first team, and they're both getting the opportunity to – become the franchise quarterback of division rivals. Like, I, that's I, so I think funny. That's, it's very strange to me that the, and even more so Mario is going to wear the number one with the Falcons. And obviously oh, wow. Jameis is going to wear the number two with, I don't know. It's just, they have so many weird parallels, even more so than um, normal one and two overall picks do. But, anyways, yes, uh, I like I like I like the Mariota move a lot more than I like Winston because I like Mariota more than I like Winston. Um, and yeah, I also uh, I'm kind of sad that Mariota shaved his beard because I thought uh, I, I thought think- he had like he had this real cool rugged look to him when he had that beard going. And I saw uh, his pictures that the Falcons posted on Instagram, and I was like. Dang, my boy shaved his beard. Doesn't look like a three hundred soldier anymore.
0: <laughs> exactly. That that is exactly what he looked like. No, it was perfect being on the Raiders, though. You got to have that rugged look, and it's a new start like going to the Falcons. Got to shave off the beard. You know, I'm sure it'll grow back, though. No, but so okay. So a couple more moves here uh, to shore up the offensive line with Tyreek Hill there now. Uh, Miami Dolphins went and signed Teron Armstead to a five-year, $75 million deal. Uh, Pretty big move for them there. That definitely helps Tua. out. Although an interesting note, Teron Armstead is a left tackle and uh, the Dolphins are still looking for a right tackle. And normally on an NFL team, that would be an advantageous situation because the left tackle covers the uh, quarterback's blind spot. Uh, However, Tua throws left-handed. So, They their priority really should have been the right tackle rather than left tackle, uh but you're never going to complain about having Toronto Armstead on your left side. So, good move from them for sure. Who's
1: their who Who's their current left tackle? Their current left tackle, like previous Toronto Armstead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would have to look it up. Hold on. Oh, don't worry about it then. Um, because I was just going to say if. If anything, can we not just plop that other guy over there? Just make it real, really easy. Cause I, I know if you're, if you're, um, if you're Armstead, yeah, you probably just want to be on the left side. And if, uh, if I'm the dolphins, I'd probably want to stick him on the left side. So I don't know, yeah. I guess, uh, I guess that's the dolphins problem, huh? <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I, I, uh, from the dolphins perspective, I would
0: certainly not want to pay a left tackle all that money and then try to switch them over to the right side. Uh, although with that said, I'm not sure about uh, Teron Armstead or the Miami Dolphins previous tackles and whether they have good uh, like experience with being on the opposite side. Um, Cause it is possible to switch those players over, but it's not necessarily a plug and play thing.
1: You know, right, so you, right, you right. always
0: wonder about that. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out for sure. And Uh, Miami Dolphins certainly not worse off to have them, but could definitely use a right tackle as well to protect Tua. Um, and then a very fun story Malcolm Butler signing back with the Patriots on a two year deal, uh, worth nine million dollars or worth up to nine million dollars. Uh, and this is after coming off a year where he signed with the Cardinals, but then ended up retiring. Um, and then the Cardinals allowed him to, uh, or freed up his rights so that he could go sign with whoever he wanted to and ended up with the Patriots again.
1: That that sounds exactly like a Patriots thing. It just <laughs> yeah. It just it sounds shisty and shady. So yeah, it sounds perfect it's, to Matt. Yeah, yeah, sounds perfect. Uh,
0: yeah, and you always remember that Malcolm Butler uh interception of Russell Wilson to end that Super Bowl and a crazy, crazy play. Crazy that he's back with the Patriots now after spending a few years with the Titans uh, and lighting it up there. and uh, That'll be fun to see. But And then Miles Jack, after leaving the Jacksonville Jaguars, signs with the Steelers on a two-year $16 million deal. Uh, definitely a good signing there for them. Uh, that makes that inside linebacker uh, room at the Steelers very strong. And that oh, defense yeah. that was already strong, even stronger.
1: Oh yeah, I, I, I love Miles Jack. Um, I love him going to Pittsburgh. Um, I loved Miles Jack since he came back. Co- uh, since he came out of college, so the fact that um, yeah, he's up there playing with uh, Devin Bush, I love it. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh's defense is undeniably great. Like, undeniably great. They just have studs back there, and I think Miles Jack is another high energy guy that the city of Pittsburgh is going to fall in love with. And it's, I mean, the AFC is crazy. If they could just figure out their quarterback, because I don't think Mitch is the answer for sure. They would be, they would be dangerous. They would be dangerous.
0: For sure. Yeah. And yeah, we'll have to see about that quarterback situation, but if they can, I mean, they're kind of like in the situation that the Broncos have been in the last few years is, you have a roster that can potentially compete if you can just get, you know, average to a little bit above average quarterback play and maybe it can carry itself there. Um, So Steelers, a team to watch in the AFC for sure. A lot of teams to watch in the AFC. But, uh, and then let's move on to, uh, rather than some players that have been signed, some players that haven't been signed yet. And then what teams that we think uh, maybe they'll land on or what teams would be best for them. Um, so I want to get your opinion on my first player here, Bobby Wagner. What do you think about him?
1: Um, super, super solid linebacker for the Seahawks forever. Um, and just a leader on that defense. Um, I really do think probably the best spot for him, in my opinion, is to go uh, go west and go try to re-up or go try to link up with uh, the LA Rams. And uh, I just think there's a lot of reasons for that. I think you get a nice uh, NFC West matchup. You get the revenge game twice a year against the Seahawks. Um, I, I think I think Bobby Wagner is one of those guys that wants to go in in there and show uh, show him that you know he can still play. So I mm-hmm. think that 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 would be a nice matchup to see twice a year. Um, I also think um, they just have a void there right there in the middle, and I know that. Um, like the Broncos and like a few other teams that just constantly are going through middle linebackers. And it feels like the Rams, the Rams have a, have a a knack for finding these veterans and giving them a home the last few years. They did that with Eric Weddle. Uh, yes. I mean, they helped, they got Vaughn another ring, um, you know, they they just kind of have a knack for grabbing these veterans and giving them a place to to call home the last few years of their career and they however they've been able to do it they keep getting guys that still have loads of talent in them um so it's not like they're getting these washed up guys um you know maybe like an adamican Kinsue where he kind of is showing flashes but it's not you know good for the majority of the time um right i think bobby wagner still has a lot to give and I think uh, LA would be a perfect spot for him. What uh, what are, what are you thinking as far as B Wags?
0: Yeah, no, I was thinking pretty much the same thing. I love the Rams fit, um, but there's another team as well that he can always go to is the Cowboys. Uh, he, there's always that connection with Dan Quinn, who was the defensive oh. coordinator with the Legion of Boom over in Seattle. Um yep. So. I do think I agree with you that the Rams right now are a better fit for him. I think, like you said, the Rams have a recent past of finding those. Uh, it feels weird to say diamonds in the rough when you're talking about a basically hall of fame level caliber player, um, right. but almost diamond in the rough in terms of people are writing him off. Cause he's a little bit older in his career. Uh, doesn't appear to have as much left in him. Um, but if you can maximize him for a Super Bowl run, he can be a huge part of that. And not only as a player, but Bobby Wagner is a leader too in the, that defensive room. And losing Von Miller, uh, who it sounds like was a uh, very large voice uh during that uh LA Rams uh Super Bowl run last year in that locker room and talking to a lot of the young guys and having that experience of uh, already one uh, having won a Super Bowl. Um I think that would be a valuable addition for the Rams for sure. Uh, so let's see our next player here uh, coming from the Rams in free agency. We're looking at Odell Beckham Jr.
1: Um, I mean, I think personally, I think OBJ should just re-up with the Rams. Um, unless another – um, another – Super Bowl contender wants to sign you. I think if you're OBJ, you just free up with the Rams. I don't – I think there's a need. You know, obviously, uh, we talked about a little bit earlier with the Allen Robinson signing. There's a need for some depth there in the wide receiver room.
0: Those yeah. guys don't have any
1: draft picks, so they're not going to be drafting in depth anytime soon. Um, so, yeah, if I'm OBJ, I'd just – uh, uh, I'd call Sean McVay right back – up and say yo let's uh let's get it done plus I, you, I just tore my acl for you you guys owe me that
0: right right no i, I agree with you and yeah uh, the rams seemed like the most likely spot uh, you thought it was possible um coming into like after he comes to the rams even before the super bowl and you're looking forward into free agency uh you, you always thought that that was a possibility considering they had just traded for him um but at the same time, you know, the Rams only have so much cap space. Where do you want to put that? Uh, but with his, his injury during the Super Bowl, his market is most likely lower than it probably would have been otherwise. Um, and so yeah. I think that just adds on to it of why he's most likely going to go back there, probably work out a little bit cheaper of a deal than they were initially thinking for him um, and then come in and, and maybe go for another Super Bowl with the Rams. Um, to throw one in there, just to, you know, why not? Uh, do you wonder about Jarvis Landry also being a free agent and where he goes, and whether that might be back to the Browns? And because Baker Mayfield is no longer the starting quarterback, if Odell would be in, uh, interested at all in returning?
1: I, I was actually going to say the same thing. Like right, like the minute you were done with Odell's. Work, <laughs> maybe maybe the Browns take him back too. Uh so I'm glad you brought that up. Um yeah, I mean ultimately I think that, that um it's all it's all up to OBJ. I, I think personally, if I'm OBJ, I think I'm a better fit in LA. Like his personality, everything about him fits in LA. Yeah. Um and I if I'm being honest with you, I think the same thing about Jarvis Landry, but in Cleveland. I yeah. think that Jarvis Lamb is a perfect fit for Cleveland. I think he's a, a blue-collar, you know, head-in-your-work the head, 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 head in your work type of guy. Um, so I almost want to say, like, I would love for OBJ to go team up with Deshaun Watson because uh, I love Deshaun Watson as a player. But I kind of just want Jarvis to go re-up with Cleveland and OBJ just re-up with L.A. and they just call each other on the phone. Like, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't think we got to do it anymore. That's
0: fair. Yeah. I, I guess at least they got it for a year or two. It wasn't the prettiest thing in the world,
1: but you yeah. Know. If you're a Browns fan, you still got the, you still got the Odell jersey. You know what I mean? Like, you can still right. say that Odell Beckham played for your team.
0: Yeah. That's true. That's true. Okay. All right. Our next player here, let's talk about Stefan Gilmore. Where do you think
1: he's going to go? Um, I think, um, I think. I think Stefan Gilmore probably should um, – well, it's not really on him, right? I would probably say that the, the Bengals just need to give him a call, kind of wrap that up. Um, right. I would imagine that's probably where you're feeling that too, right? Yeah. Number one I, corner still left out there. Obviously, Eli Apple can't get it done. So.
0: Well, and other – you like you said, other than uh, his uh, the Bengals' offensive line – their biggest weakness during that Super Bowl and what got exposed the most was their corners and very much Eli Apple in the biggest moment. Um, and so I would think that that was that's a need. I do think that it would be possible for them to uh, certainly try and draft, uh, maybe wait for you know some sort of midseason trade. Like I don't think that that would be awful in terms of like a, a bigger star or whatever. Um, right. If they wanted to wait, like I don't think it's a, a need that it's like they're not going to make it back to the Super Bowl if they don't get somebody. You know what I mean? But I do right. think that if you can upgrade that position, which Stefan Gilmore would be an upgrade very much so over Eli Apple, um, it, you should probably do it. And if you have the space for it, if you're that close to the Super Bowl and you've already made your moves on the offensive line, um, you know, I, I think that's a, an all in. Type of move if you're trying to win the Super Bowl
1: next year, um, and, but uh, and it's not like he's going to make your team worse. You know what I mean? He's right. not going to make your team worse.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it's you know you can always make the argument like you want to keep that cap space open for maybe a couple uh, less expensive players, but given the like we just talked about in the Super Bowl, what your biggest weaknesses were and what was exposed the
1: most, that it just makes too much sense. So yeah, uh, it's definitely it's definitely a surprising one that uh, hasn't already happened, right?
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. We'll see if it happens in, in the next week here. But uh, and then so next one, uh, Julio Jones.
1: Um. So my man Julio, I think is in the spot in his career where, honestly, I just think he should go to any contender that has enough cap space. If yeah. you. If you are a contender and you have enough cap space to go get Julio Jones, just sign him. Just sign him. Um, Green Bay, Tampa, Kansas City. Yeah. The Colts. I mean, any of them. The Browns, any of them. Um, I, yeah, I just want Julio to go somewhere where I know that he, uh, I mean, I'm not saying. Well, he had some injury injury problems down in Tennessee, um, and that's super unfortunate because I really did like that matchup. Honestly, I would even say go back to Tennessee for another year. Um, yeah. But my my problem is Ryan Tannehill. I don't. I think if you're Julio Jones, you're like, man, I'm good on Ryan Tannehill. Yeah. So yeah, truly for me, with Julio, just any contender with some cap space.
0: No, I agree with you there. Um, I, I would say he's like you said, almost like an Odell to the Rams. I think he's a piece that could put a already competing team over the edge um, to really get into that Super Bowl territory and then maybe serve as some depth uh, if somebody bigger than him gets injured Injured, and hopefully he isn't the one getting injured again. But um, I, the thought of him with Kansas City and uh, getting thrown to by Patrick Mahomes is cringeworthy as a Broncos fan. I will say that much, (laughs) but yeah, he, that that's an interesting uh, one to see for sure. Um, While I wouldn't say it makes like the most sense realistically, the one place that I really, really want him to go and that you kind of brought up a little bit earlier uh, talking about the uh, Yannick Ngakwe trade is the Colts. And now that Matt Ryan is there, Maybe going back and reuniting with his old buddy in one more year, one more chance at a Super Bowl, maybe on a different team.
1: I I I, I love that. I love that fit. I really do. I think that. Um, I think that's what Matty Ice needs is another wide receiver, honestly. And I mean, if you get a seventy percent of what Julio Jones was, still pretty pretty fucking good. Still yeah. still pretty good. I agree.
0: I agree. All right, our next guy here uh, from the Denver Broncos, Melvin Gordon.
1: Um, Melvin Gordon. Um, honestly, I would like to see him – like to see him come to New York um, with the Jets, and that's only because I like the one-two punch that he had with Javon T. Williams and obviously with uh, Michael Carter – and Javante both coming out of North Carolina, they both have a slightly similar running style. I think Javante runs with much more violence than yeah. um, uh, Michael Carter does. I think Michael Carter's a bit more shifty than um, Javante is, but I think Melvin Gordon would add a perfect, perfect um, compliment to him. And, you know, Melvin Gordon's getting up there in, in, in years, and even more so now he's starting to take this persona of uh, being a little fumble-prone, so you know, I'm hoping that he's willing to come to uh, a team that maybe is not going to be contending, but, you know, is willing to give him a shot. And, you know, I think he could have a huge impact on the Jets. I really, really do.
0: I agree. I agree. I think the Jets would for sure be a good spot for him. Um, And I do think that uh, part of the reason that he wanted to leave the Broncos was because we just weren't going to pay him the amount that he wants. And for the production that he does have, And given the fact you think about running backs, how short their careers are, Melvin Gordon already has a long running back career. I think he's at like six or seven years in the league now. That's Mm -hmm. above average. And so for him, it seems like he's looking to, you know, understand that and make as much money as he can within. But he still wants to compete. And that's what I love about Melvin Gordon when he was here. He's definitely a passionate guy and he wants to win. Um, but you can see the perspective of um not necessarily being all about the money, but making sure that he's valued in a league that doesn't value running backs. Um, and I do think that the Jets have the space that they could facilitate that. And he's not looking for absurd money either. You know, I think he made like seven million a year with us all over the last two years. And right. uh, if you guys signed him for that, maybe a little bit more even, I, I don't think that would be offensive. Uh, My personal pick for Melvin Gordon, though, would be the Bills. Um, And I think that that would be a move that would just push them over um, in terms of offensive, like their biggest weakness. Everything else Josh Allen can take care of. He even rushes on the ground and he takes care of that. But the one thing he can't have any control over is after he hands the ball off. You know what I mean, and De- Devin Singletary has just not been enough for a competing team to make it to the Super Bowl. Um, but I do think a one-two punch between Devin Singletary and Melvin Gordon is a different story. And Melvin Gordon Ooh. brings that physicality uh, and that just beast back running that you know it, Devin Singletary doesn't and would be a boon for that offense and a boon for Josh Allen to not have as much on his plate either. Um, and that that would be a really really interesting move for me.
1: Yeah, I think uh, yeah, I, I think I think that's a good point. I, I think that uh him and Singletary would be nice together. I I like that fit with the Bills a lot. Yeah, yeah.
0: All right. And then our next player here, uh, Calais Campbell.
1: Um I honestly I think um, I think Big Calais, if he doesn't end up going back to the Ravens, um, is that where he played last year? Did he play with the Ravens last year? Yep, yeah. Yeah, I think if he doesn't go back to the Ravens, which is, you know, um, it's an obvious fit. Um, I mean, got Tampa Bay that might need a defensive tackle um, that might, you know, might do good to have. Calais Campbell's like an ageless wonder. He just does not play old at all. Dude, like, he's thirty five. It's crazy. It's absolutely nuts, dude. I cannot believe it. But um, yeah, if 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 Tampa uh, wanted to, if Tampa wanted to take a flyer on Calais Campbell, I'd be okay with that. Um, depending on how he felt. But um, yeah, I would say probably between Tampa and Baltimore. What do you uh, what do you think? I know that's your boy.
0: Yeah, that's my boy. He, he uh, went to Colorado, and yeah he i i want him i've always wanted him every single time he's been free to come to the broncos not realistic unfortunately um and it's probably going to be our last opportunity to get him i would imagine before he ends up retiring it's got to be getting close here i thought it was going to be the last time when he saved or when he signed with the ravens but yeah you know here we are so um but i i thought that he would go a little bit earlier in free agency to be honest with you um, but he may end up just being one of those players that um, either waits until closer to training camp and signs with somebody who's desperate uh, in terms of like for that position, probably a contender that just feels like that they really need some more uh, inside depth there or a starting uh, inside guy. And um, if not that, I really think uh, it's pretty likely that he just goes back to the Ravens. Uh, they Ravens did pick up Michael Pierce, reinforce that inside defensive line a little bit. Um, which, you know, so I don't think that it's necessarily necessary that they bring him back, but with the market not being as, uh, feasting on him, as I thought it would be, then he might be able to get him for a little bit less. And I certainly would not complain. Um, right. and then, so for our final player of the day, we're going to talk about Jadavian Clowney.
1: Um, all right. So Clowney's always, every time he's up, like in terms of free agency, it's kind of the same narrative with him, right? Yeah. He didn't do enough to get signed in that first wave, but he did enough to get signed, you know, to a decent contract with somebody. Um, I think he had nine sacks last year with the Browns, but if I'm being honest with you, when he got teamed up with Miles Garrett, I thought it was going to be game over. I thought it was going to be done. So I thought we were finally going to see the potential that Jadavian Clowney had um, when he got drafted. Um, And also some of that potential that we saw in Houston, some of those years, but it unfortunately did not happen as much. He was a bit more up and down than I would have liked. Um, So, I mean, personally, I mean, probably Cleveland again, right? Like, why not Cleveland again? Um, otherwise, it's probably going to be just just some random team. That I mean, well, I think he'll probably get signed after the draft because that's when teams are going to uh, know kind of where uh, where they are as far as the roster makeup to see if they need a, another uh, another edge guy. But yeah, I'd probably say Cleveland again because um, I mean. I don't know who they have on the other side of Miles Garrett besides Clown. So.
0: Right. Yeah. yeah. And their options are drying up to
1: replace them. Mm-hmm. Exactly.
0: Yeah. If the Browns don't draft somebody uh, I would say that. Yeah. I think that's the most likely outcome too. Um, and I, I echo everything that you were talking about. I think he's similar to uh, Clay's Campbell in the sense that he may be one of those guys that waits until almost up till training camp to sign with somebody. Um, when, you know, they get into training camp or get into some of those, uh, you know, rookie mini camps and kind of get a feeling for some of the guys that they have around. And then the coaching staff realizes, okay, we don't have enough here on the edge. We need to add. And then you have Jadavian Clowney sitting there, you know, one of those teams is going to, uh, give him enough dollars eventually that he'll sign. And that's kind of the way it's been with him, um, I think because unless I'm forgetting one of the times that he's been in free agency, I feel like it's been twice, going yeah. from the Texans to Seattle and then from Seattle to the Browns. And both no, times he went he, to, uh,
1: he went to Tennessee in between. Oh, that. he
0: did go to Tennessee. You're right. So yeah. it's been three he went times. To Tennessee in between that.
1: Yeah, he went to Tennessee in between
0: that. Totally forgot about that. And it, it kind of goes to show how much he's been almost not forgettable, but just not the impact player that. Uh, his name has been made out to be, it seems, um, at points. Well, because of the potential, but it's just never manifested in the way that we expected. So, But yeah, it'll, exactly. it'll be interesting to see what happens with him for sure. Um, so I suppose we can move on to a little bit more specific content on our teams.
1: How about the Jets this week? Um. All right. So, I mean – Jets haven't did too much since we talked last week. We did sign Greg Zuerlin, which I love. I uh, love Greg the leg. Um, he's going to come in and compete against our current kicker, Eddie Pinero. Uh, Eddie came in. We had the worst kicking luck last year. Like I watched every single Jets game last year. Every single Jets game had kicking problems uh, mm-hmm. until, until, until we got Eddie Pinero. So I will say that uh, I do think that it's going to be a nice competition. Um, I think the Jets should probably look into investing one of those draft picks into the kicker because I'm, I'm, I'm okay with drafting a kicker if we're going to get like an Evan McPherson type of kicker. If we're going to get like, right. uh, you know, one of these kickers that we're going to have for 12 years and he's just going to be lights out. Um, but uh, so we signed him. Um, And then as far as the Jets go, I think what we're really trying to do is we're trying to get ready for the draft, right? So we're doing tons of due diligence uh, on the draft and I won't go too hard because I know we're going to do some draft coverage coming up. Um, But I mean, I think the biggest things that we're looking at right now, obviously when we were trying to trade for Tyreek Hill, um, that's going to show that, Hey, we're Joe Douglas. One is, uh okay with being aggressive and trying to help zach wilson which i love to see um i've also heard some connections between the jets and aj brown for whatever reason uh from the tennessee titans um i don't know if it's just you know something's in the air or you know Devonte adams really has got these wide receivers trying to get paid but you know there there's been a, a few leaks and rumors that aj brown might be available i know that joe douglas already reached out to um seattle to inquire the status of uh dk metcalf um i'm not sure if he he, yeah i i know um i'm not sure if he inquired about the status of tyler lockett i think that would probably be um probably not the case just looking at lockett's age and the contract he's already on um but, yeah, um, I think the request to – or the inquiry about DK Metcalf uh, was met with uh, a no-go. I think Seattle was hanging on to DK. Um, but the A.J. Brown thing has been a relatively weird uh, a weird little saga uh, because uh, A.J. Brown actually had uh, tweeted something about it being in God's hands now. It's out of his hands uh, there's a, the obvious connection with Corey Davis, who was his teammate down in Tennessee, and Elijah Moore, who was his college teammate. Um, and mm. I've I've uh, I've seen um, interviews between AJ Brown and Elijah Moore, and AJ Brown credits Elijah Moore uh, to for so much stuff. One, um, you know, AJ Brown has had some uh, mental health issues uh, before, and he credits Elijah Moore hugely on that. Um, he really considers Elijah Moore um, as a, a, a very close personal friend, almost like a brother. So that's that's definitely something to look out for, especially if Joe da- uh, Joe Douglas is willing to be aggressive to try to get Zach Wilson a weapon, um, which I love. Um, yeah, but other- uh, otherwise, I would just look uh, look to the Jets, especially as we round out free agency head into the draft, to start looking at some edge rushers, whether that's going to be someone we need to develop or draft. Uh, or draft and develop or someone we can, um, you know, still go and uh, sign on the free agency market, which it's, it's starting to look really scarce. It really, really is. Um, And then, yeah, I mean, we've done, uh, we've done some pre-draft visits. One of those was to Traylon Burks, a wide receiver from Arkansas, which is really huge. He's a big physical playmaker, Um, And he's one of the other guys that I'm really looking for the Jets to take uh, besides Drake London or Garrett Wilson uh, coming out of Ohio state. Um, But otherwise it's just, just kind of leading up to the draft here. We're just kind of zoning in. Um, I was looking at some of the, some of the tape on some of these wide receivers coming into the draft. And let me tell you, dude, I'm super excited for a lot of these wide receivers to get into the NFL because They, they all, they all have their own little bit of a little bit of razzle dazzle. Um, You know, I, I think Drake London uh, in my opinion is going to be one of the ones that the jets are looking between him and Traylon Burks. um, I think those are going to be the two that the jets are really looking at. Um, I think the biggest difference between where the jets go in regards to um, their two uh, first, first round picks, are going to be kind of how the board plays out, especially with all these trades and everything that's been happening. Because before at at nine we had the Broncos in front of us. Uh, now we who do we have Seattle in front of us now? You know, so I believe so. So yeah, that's going to be um, that's going to be interesting to see if you know the Jets are willing to trade out. Uh, where what Seattle's going to end up doing? If someone's going to jump in front of the Jets because Seattle's willing to come back and maybe uh, get a quarterback in the in the second half of the first round? Um, yeah, there's just a lot of uh, a lot of very interesting things that are that are going to play when it comes to draft time. Um, I think the other thing that, as far as the Jets go, that we need to um, really take a look at if we could, especially while we're kind of going through the second phase of free agency is maybe a, a weak side linebacker because um, yeah. we, we have Quincy Williams who's uh, Quentin's brother and they play I love seeing the the Williams brothers play together. Uh, one, they play off of each other's energy I love to see it. I love to see two brothers uh, playing and get to work together yeah. um, and, and then we obviously have the man, C.J. Mosley a uh, man in the middle Um, and CJ Mosley had, I'm not sure about his stats with the Ravens, but boy, balled out for the jets this year, boy, balled out for the jets this year. Um, I want, I want to say he had a career year for the jets. Um, and so, yeah, if we can get a weak side linebacker to play alongside those two guys that fits in that Robert Sala type of mold, um, I know a few years ago we had the opportunity to get Anthony Barr and I'm not sure Anthony Barr's scheme fit now, uh, in the, in the jet system. Um, but I mean, Anthony Barr could be someone, someone real nice if he decided that he wanted to grace us with his, uh, with his presence, even though no one signed him anymore. And (laughs) the Vikings, Vikings let him go after he chose to go back with the Vikings and not us. Um, but, yeah. I mean, if we can get a weak, weak side linebacker, uh, if we could fill that strong safety role, um, I would feel really comfortable because like I said, I'm not sure if we're going to address that in the draft or not. Uh, I know Kyle Hamilton, Kyle ha- Hamilton looks real nice, uh, yeah. fourth overall, but it just, I'm not sure how um, reliant Robert Zella's, uh defense is on a safety in, in that regard. Um, and so to use such a, a high draft pick, um, uh, on Kyle might not be something he's looking to do, but I have heard that he is a unicorn type of player. So yeah, still might be something that we're interested in. Um, But otherwise, yeah, man, we, uh, we've been pretty quiet this week besides trying to go trade for uh, old cheetah over there and him, um, him, him kicking us to the curb to go to Miami. So,
0: so I do want to get your, your thoughts on that as a Jeff fan in a moment here. Um, But before that, I I do want to touch on what uh, some of the things you said there and the A.J. Brown rumors. That's crazy. Uh, That is that would be a game changing move. If you can get A.J. Brown and C.J. Uzoma on that offense in the same offseason, that that's huge. Giving uh, Zach Wilson some huge, huge weapons, like serious weapons to actually, you know, uh, start to compete and uh, start to win games. And that would be huge for his development, I feel like, as well. Um, that would be really interesting. And then, you know, outside linebacker-wise, I think Anthony Barr would be interesting. He's one of those guys, like you said, he's kind of getting to uh, the wonder years of his, his career now. He is still effective, uh, but he seems to be looking for a little bit more money than people want to really pay him. Um, but that is certainly a position of great wealth in this draft that you guys could probably get depth-wise, and I I would probably look for you guys to go there Um, as well as in safety. Honestly, I love the idea of Kyle Hamilton at number four. He totally is one of those unicorn-type players. He would be a leader of that defense, Um, total game-changer, and I think if you don't go wide receiver in the first round, I think that, like, that would be the pick for me, at least. Uh, but I do want to hear your thoughts on Tyreek Hill. You know, obviously there was the pursuing. Unfortunately, you guys didn't get him, went over to Miami, um, and now he's in your division. And you got to face him two, type, or two times a year. So I think that also kind of uh, lends into the Kyle Hamilton conversation where you say, uh, is that maybe a pick that would uh, suddenly – Gains more value because you have Tyreek Hill in the division. They are your safeties can have to focus on two times a year.
1: Um. So initially, and I mean, me and you were, were, were texting back and forth uh, on it right away. Like yeah. right away, the minute, the minute the news broke that something might be happening, me and you were already on it texting each other. Yeah. Um, initially I was, I was, I was okay with it. I, I'm, I'm, I'm still 50 50 on it because um obviously Tyreek Hill has had some off the field stuff that um that I don't I don't I don't like to associate with and I don't like the New York Jets to associate themselves with. But he is he's he's a crazy dominant player. Um so it would have been nice to get him to come and uh help Zach Wilson out and help the development of Zach Wilson. Um, so I'm a little bummed out in regards to that, but I'm, I'm okay with it. Cause if I'm being honest with you, I do think it's Mike Wallace 2.0. I think it's Mike right. Wallace 2.0. Um, and I know I've said that to you and I've said that to some other people, um, in private, I really do like, this just feels like Mike Wallace. It just yeah. feels like Mike Wallace. The reason why he left is because he wanted Devonte money and the chiefs didn't want to give him Devonte money. Mike Wallace won a new deal with Pittsburgh and left. And Mike Wallace runs really fast. Yeah. Tyreek Hill runs really fast, and now <laughs> they both went to Miami. Like it just it feels like Mike Wallace 2.0. And yeah. another thing that me and you uh, had talked about in private as well was, um, you know, Keenan Allen was bringing up that some people are going to be exposed in this trade now. Yeah. And I don't think. Keenan was talking about Patrick or Travis or anyone on the Kansas city chiefs Um, because there's just no way like Patrick Mahomes is where Patrick Mahomes is. And Travis Kelsey is the best tight end in football. Like, so I don't think those guys are going to be getting exposed. I think who's going to be getting exposed is, is, is Tyree kill. And I'm not, no, no shade to Tua whatsoever. Uh, my opinion is still not decided on Tua. I hope Tua does really good because um, I, I have a love for the university of Alabama now. So I have to, uh, I have to root for the university of Alabama as much as oh. I can. Oh, I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I had to bring up Bama. I'm sorry. I had to <laughs> it to you. Um, so I love me some, I love me. I love me them Bama boys. So I want to it to do really good, um, but you got Jalen Waddle. I think there's a good chem- chemistry with him there. Um, I just, I, I just, I, I really hope that Miami has something cooked up for Tyreek Hill. But um, I think that the it, it's going to be a significant, significant drop for Tyreek Hill. I, I think he'll probably one of those two wide receivers in Miami is going to go over a thousand. I can't tell you which one's going to go over a thousand. Both of them will not go over a thousand. Both of them will not go over thousand. Yeah. One of them will be in like the eight nines, and the other one will be over a thousand. I just can't tell you which one it is. Uh, I want to say, I want to say, I think it's going to be Waddle that's going to go over a thousand because of the chemistry. He already has the Tua, but Tyreek, right. Tyreek can get two hundred yards in one game. So, right. It's very interesting. But as a Jets fan, I'm cool with it. I'm a little bummed out, but if we were able to get AJ Brown or I I, I'd still rather not pay Tyreek all that money anyways. So um, yeah. Yeah. I, and plus, yo, we weren't even going to give up a first round pick for him. So that's the, that all the stuff that I found out about the jets in regards to the talks about the Tyreek Hill trade is stuff I I, I wanted to find out because I got a little bit more uh, in depth in how my general managers think in, Uh, I saw the trade that the Chiefs accepted for Tyree Kill, and we weren't even going. to – So we were going to have Tyree Kill, and we were going to pick fourth and ten in this year's draft. Boy, stop, stop! The Jets were going to win the Super Bowl if that happened. You guys right. going to let that happen? You guys can right. let that happen. So yeah, like, no, but yeah, that's that's pretty much that's pretty much it as the Tyree Kill thing for me.
0: Yeah, no, I I agree with everything you said. Um, we'll have to see how it plays out with Tyreek Hill. I, I do think that between the cap space uh, that he would have taken up and everything and the potential of him, uh, I, I don't necessarily think that he's going to be awful, but I do think that he's probably going to take a large step back just by nature of not having Patrick Mahomes as his quarterback. Um, and you know, we'll see how to, or we'll have to see to what extent that that is, but I feel like it's pretty likely that he's not going to live up to 24, $25 million a year, uh, with his new production, as opposed to what he was able to put up with, uh, potentially, you know, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time in Patrick Mahomes eventually. Um, but yeah, and like you mentioned with the, uh, The Jets going after him, I saw that too. I can't remember the particular um, picks that you guys offered, but the fact that there wasn't a first-round pick in there and it was a pretty modest haul in comparison to what was actually traded uh, by um, Miami, that would have been a really good move and it shows that the Jets weren't willing to overpay um, and overextend themselves for a player uh, of Tyreek Hill's nature and just keep it within – the realm of possibility and just not go crazy. Cause that's how you get into bad situations. If Tyree kill ends up going to Miami, doesn't get the production that they expected out of him, And they gave up five picks and $25 million a year, you know, they're not going to be super happy with it. So we'll see what happens. Uh, but it's definitely an interesting situation. I was interested to hear your uh, side of it as well as a Jets fan. Um, so we will move over to the Broncos a uh, few different signings going on. I'll kind of rattle these off real quick. Quan uh, Williams from the 49ers signs for two years, $7 million. And he's most likely going to be our starting slot quarterback or quarterback cornerback um, after Bryce Callahan leaves in free agency. Um, Bryce Callahan's still a possibility to come back. If he wants to sign a cheap enough deal with us to be depth, um, he would be a huge steal at that point, but Quan Williams to replace him. Uh, has had less injury issues and injury pass than Callahan has. Uh, Solid, solid slot cornerback. Uh, He's also very solid in terms of takeaways. Uh, He's been one of the top slot uh, cornerbacks in the league in that area. So that'll be really interesting uh, to bring into the locker room as the Broncos have really been disappointing uh, when it comes to turnovers. And uh, between him and DJ Jones – uh, really, Randy Gregory too are, are three players that we added that uh, have a past of uh, helping the turnover margin uh, turn into the positive. You know, so that those are exciting signings for the Denver Broncos for sure. Um, Absolutely, Deshaun Williams, defensive tackle. Uh, he resigns with us for a year, one uh, one million uh, or one point six five million, and uh, originally he was an undrafted free agent out of college. Um, he's been cut eight different times in his career. Uh, and finally in 2020, I believe was the last time he was cut. Um, he was signed by us uh, and then signed again in 2021 and then now re-signed in 2022. Um, oh, yeah. And yeah, good for him. He is a wonderful dude. He's a super hard worker. Um, and he's that type of player that when he's out there, you can tell that he values every moment because he understands how precious it is the opportunity of it and, uh, how rare. So very, very cool resigning for us. Uh, another guy we signed from the Eagles, Alex Singleton, uh, inside the linebacker and a uh, $1.1 million deal. He's a special teams ace and he's actually led the Eagles twice in, uh, tackles. Um, I don't know if it was the last two years, uh, but two separate years during his career with the Eagles. Um, So interesting signing there. Special teams, definitely an area that we needed to focus on in free agency. Very happy to see that. And then a little bit of work on the offensive line, uh, signing Tom Compton from the 49ers on a one-year deal. Uh, Very good run blocker. He filled in uh, at right tackle last year for the 49ers for a bit. Uh, Was solid enough. Kind of – Average, maybe a little bit below average in past production. So he's not necessarily an answer, um, but he's a good body to have in there. Uh, also signed Billy Turner on a one-year deal. And him, Tom Compton, um, our uh, guy that was already in our room, Calvin Anderson, and then most likely a draft pick somewhere in there uh, are going to be competing uh, for that starting right tackle job. Uh, the very nice thing about some of these signings So Calvin Anderson and Billy Turner are two guys and really Tom Compton too, but uh, they're guys that have had success playing at different and starting at different uh, uh, parts of the line. Both Billy Turner and Tom Compton have started at guard spots as well as tackle spots. Um, And Calvin, Calvin Anderson has been our swing tackle here in Denver uh, for the last few years uh, and really did well filling in for Garrett Bowles on the left side Last year, um, for a couple games, and um, now he's competing for the starting right tackle job. I'm hoping Calvin Anderson can pull it out. But the nice thing is, is that no matter who is in that spot, we now have three guys that can plug into uh, different spots on the line. And when you think about the attrition that goes on in an offensive line room over a year, especially for a team looking to compete for the Super Bowl, I think there's a huge, huge moves uh, to Make sure that if somebody goes down, our offensive line isn't going to suddenly take a huge step back in productivity. So, uh, some really, really exciting moves. And then, uh, one kind of interesting but scary story at the same time uh, on Thursday, Empower Field and Mile High Stadium caught on fire uh, in part of the, the seats. And luckily, nobody was injured at all. Uh, but it sounds like from what we know now that there was a fire in the construction area right below uh, some of the seats and it, it kind of leaked out. There was a bunch of smoke that you could see from the highway and people were freaking out a little bit, you know, luckily didn't get too far. Didn't burn up too much, but uh, scary sights for sure.
1: Yeah. I thought it was from all those, all those Bronco fans smoking that rest pack. That you, <laughs> you guys are just, that you guys are it. just, I thought you guys were just on your, on your game. I was like, get, we're not even, it's not even preseason yet. Like you guys can't even be in there yet. Like Russ is not in the stadium guys. Hey, he hey, bro,
0: we're just already letting Russ cook. Don't worry about it.
1: <laughs> I know. I know. He's, he's, he's cooking. He's cooking. He's catching <laughs> the stadium on fire.
0: Uh, yeah. So definitely interesting. Ton of stuff going on in free agency i uh, very excited to talk about all this today with you and uh, definitely looking forward to next week. We can talk about some more of the stuff in the draft. And then uh, we also got some UFC coming up too.
1: Yes. Super excited about that. Um, yeah, this, this was a good week. Get caught up on the free agency, kind of wrap that up because um, there's not going to be too many big, uh, big signings. I would say the only thing we'd have to look for is maybe a Baker trade or a Baker release. Um, yeah. but otherwise, yeah, next week we'll do, we'll do some, uh, some pre-draft stuff a little bit. And then, you know, we got to talk about that UFC pay-per-view that's coming up. So definitely, Absolutely. definitely we'll hit on that next week for sure.
0: Absolutely. All right. Thank you everyone for listening. This has been the mile high flight show and we'll see you guys next week.
1: Later.